How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's. Welcome to The Approach Shot, the golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes, more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. Hey, it is us. It is the it is us. Who's the guy with the phony British accent in the background there? <laughs> Hello, governor. <laughs> we promise we won't be doing any of that for the rest of the hour. I you just... promise? I don't promise nothing. <laughs> Trust me, he promises. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm John Ashton. He's Neil Michaels, and, and he's trying to find himself. Hopefully, it'll show up eventually. Together, uh, we're, we're called The Approach Shot. Thanks for hanging out and listening. Got another great show for you, but before we get into it, I want to send our, our sympathies and, and all of our hopes that you're doing okay to uh, the folks in about 78% of the country who yeah. for the past week have had some um, despicable weather and some problems related there too. I have a lot of friends and colleagues in that area, and we're sending yeah. our thoughts and prayers to you. It does sound like things are improving. So, it does. So that's good, yeah. And Neil, I know you can't relate to this because you live in you know one of those places where it's beautiful year-round. If you've ever lived in a place like I live in, in Louisville, Kentucky, where you can experience an enti- the entire gamut of seasons in a week, Last Wednesday, we had six inches of snow, which is five mm. inches, five and nine tenths inches more than we usually get. Uh, and it's been cold and it's uh, the snow's here and the icicles are here and it's like a winter wonderland and everyone's going, rizzer, rizzer. Wednesday, I have a tea time. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> it's, it's going, we have a high of 64 this Wednesday, seven days Every- after the six inches of snow. <laughs> Bring your galoshes. I think it might be a little wet out there. Yeah, it'll probably be card path only, but hey. It's still golf and it's still outside. You're exactly right. So last night we're in the house getting things done and my wife comes back from work and says, how does takeout sound tonight? And we went and and had Chinese food. I open the fortune cookie and I'm not kidding you. It says, the man who takes up golf to get his mind off work soon takes up work to get his mind off golf. <laughs> and I thought, <clears throat> that was actually my plan for retirement. So, uh, <laughs> Truer words were never spoken. Never spoken. <laughs> uh, we've got a guy who's been talking about golf for the last 30 plus years on the show today. His name is Bob Herrig. He is a uh, writer for ESPN.com. And uh, also is on Sports Center all the time. Whenever they have anybody on, they want to talk about golf with. He is one of those guys that you you see him and you go, "Oh, I know that guy." 
That guy. And you've read his stuff. He's been around for years covering golf. And a comedian named Martin Montana. I don't know if he's any relation to Hannah Montana or not. We forgot to ask him. We can but. certainly hope not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he is a funny, funny gentleman. He had us going, and uh, he'll have you going as well. So, <laughs> if you have to go, go now and come back. We will be right back. <laughs> we got the approach shot. Hang out with us. This episode of The Approach Shot is sponsored by Blue Chew. Hey guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed with BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Hey, this is Neil Michaels, and for a limited time, listeners of The Approach Shot visit BlueChew.com, and you'll get your first order for free when you use our special promo code, APPROACH. Just pay the $5 shipping. You heard right. Your first order of Blue Chew chewables is free. Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance, and honestly, which of us couldn't use a little boost sometime? Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, so they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Hey, remember, for listeners of The Approach Shot, visit bluechew.com and get your first order for free when you use our special promo code, APPROACH. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code APPROACH, to try it for free. Hey, thank you all for hanging out and coming back. We are The Approach Shot. I am John Ashton. He is Neil Michaels, and he is going to introduce the third and probably best member of the group right now. <laughs> no question about it. He's the senior golf writer for ESPN.com, but if you watch uh, ESPN as religiously as most of us do, you've probably also seen him on SportsCenter, contributes when there is golf news, and these days there seems to be a lot of it. He's covered the game for over 30 years, so that makes him an old guy like us. Please welcome <laughs> Bob Herrig to the to the stage. Bob, <laughs> go. Hey, thanks for having me. You're right, old guy. Wear that badge with pride. So. Definitely. A lot of people I know look at golf writers and golf commentators in general and go, what a cushy gig. How do you get a gig like that? But you've been you've been involved in golf forever. I mean, you started out life as a caddy. Yeah, I sure did. Yeah, absolutely. Great exposure to golf. And unfortunately, you know, there's not enough of that anymore. Yeah. Caddy programs aren't as prevalent as they used to be. Although where I grew up in the Midwest, they still are pretty big and the Evans Scholarship Program is, is getting bigger and better, even despite all the issues that we're facing today. You know, it's expensive to take a caddy. It's a revenue drain for a club. Mm -hmm. Carts make them a lot of money. But, you know, I, I think you run into people who start in caddying. They, they, they learn the game kind of from the ground up. You learn the rules that way. Mm -hmm. You learn the etiquette. And, you know, if you're lucky enough to caddy at a place that lets you play, you learn to play too. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of interesting how that all went down for me and how that sort of shaped me as I, uh, as I grew up and then end up sort of having a career writing about golf. Right. That, that whole Evan scholarship program is, is a fantastic program in general. In specific, do you go to Indiana University? 
I did. Correct. Right. My wife graduated from Indiana. Great university golf course there. Oh, yeah. Um, really nice. It is beautiful. Yep. Yep. So, Bob, you were a caddy and you started at 12 years old and now you're a writer. Was there a piece in between where you wanted to be a golfer professionally or, or did you just learn enough as a caddy that you thought, no, thanks? Oh, man, if you ever saw me play, you'd know that that was never, ever, ever any kind of it. You couldn't even dream about it. Um, it's funny, you know, I didn't even play high school golf or anything like that. So I just was a, a recreational golfer and um, actually kind of for a little while throughout college didn't play all that much. And then when I moved to Florida, um, I kind of got back into it again and I've played more golf, you know, since the start of the pandemic, probably than I've played in the last three years combined. And I'm, I'm not exactly saying that it's helping my game a whole lot. It's funny. The more you play, the worse you get sometimes, but it's, it's usually the, fun. the first round of the year is usually the best and it's all downhill right. from there. Yeah. No expectations is a great thing. Yeah. And then you relearn all your bad habits in them. Right. And that's it. One, one thing I want to talk about too is, is the caddy situation. And what it can do, because you were saying how how it can it, it helped you get into college with the Evans program and things like that. But you're familiar with the story of the East Lake Country Club in Atlanta. Oh yes, uh huh. Fantastic. Yep. I mean, they they resurrected that from it had fallen into disrepair. It's it's the course that Bobby Jones learned right. to play golf at and everything. For those who aren't aware, but when the new owners took over, it was not in the best of neighborhoods in Atlanta. But rather than quote unquote gentrifying the neighborhood. What they did is they went to the kids in the neighborhood and said, hey, if you want to play here, come work here. Mm -hmm. Come on in. And the kids caddied and the kids, you know, did the greens keeping and the grounds work and all that stuff. And after a few years, you could measure the crime rate in the neighborhood went down. The graduation rate in the neighborhood went up. Right. And it's basically all attributable to golf. Yeah. I mean, it, golf's pretty cool that way. I mean, it's – um. You know, it's not just a, a, a place to, to play. There's there's a place to learn and to work. And, you know, it doesn't have to be caddying. It could be cleaning the carts. It could mm -hmm. be picking up range balls. Yep. It could be maintaining the course. It could be a valet guy at the, you know, if they if they have to have their cars parked. Right. Um, you know, it could be in the locker room. It could be in the pro shop. Um, there's a lot of, like, little gigs associated with golf. And then, you know, the great thing is if, if those afford you the opportunity to play, because golf's expensive, yeah. you know, ex equipment, golf balls, gr uh, greens fees. If that gives you an avenue to the driving range or to a course, or even if it's a par three course, you know, that's kind of a step in the right direction. And I think that's what some of the programs that, you know, you just mentioned one, but some of the programs that are out there, like the first tee, other things like that, you know, it, it, expo it exposes you to the game. And hopefully gives you an avenue to to get better at it and enjoy it and want to keep pursuing it. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about that is the other side of that, too. You know, we were just kidding about us getting to be old guys. But um, <laughs> a lot of retirees will go live on a golf course. And my uncle, who used to be a D.C. cop, retired in Myrtle Beach. And he became a ranger for the course that he lived on. The deal was if you're going to be a ranger and you're going to be out here at 6 o'clock in the morning, you know, when two o'clock rolls around and, and things are starting to wind down a bit, you can go out there and play. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the part of the, the compensation was you play free golf, but you get out here and you help move things along and you keep this right. a friendly course. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, when I used to caddy, we had Mondays. Mm-hmm. You know, we we could we could tee off at seven thirty and play till about three. You know, we try to fit in as many holes as we could. Right. And uh, having the access is is the key. You know, I think it for a lot of people, people uh, you start playing golf a little bit and you find a little success and you get the bug. Uh, yeah. But you need to have that entry point. And if the first entry point is is well, hey, look, you know, you got to buy a bunch of used clubs, golf balls, spend $150, $200 just, just to get to the course. And now it's $50 to play or more. And if you don't go out there and have a good time, now you've spent all that money and you start thinking, well, now I'm going to have to keep spending money. It can be a detriment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, finding ways for people to get exposed without that great expense up front. Now it gives you an incentive to try to earn the money to play because you want to. You've been covering golf as we said, for 30 plus years, what do you think has changed both good and bad with the game? Well, I think what's, what's changed for the better is that, you know, I think golf is viewed more as an, as an athletic pursuit. You know, it used to be ridiculed. The cool guys don't play golf. You know, you don't have to be an athlete to be a golfer, those sorts of things. I think that is certainly obviously at the top levels we have seen that you know, it's, it's pretty rare. I mean, certainly there are guys who aren't as athletic as others. I'm not sure Patrick Reed is the most <laughs> athletic looking guy, but I mean, he certainly does do things to take care of himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously you got the Dustin Johnsons and Brooks Kepka, Tiger. These guys obviously do their best to stay in good shape. And I think that's attracted more people to golf. I think that's attracted athletes to golf. You know, probably the negative side would be that the, the, the distance, the disparity, I mean, maybe this is good. I don't know. The average guy really cannot relate to what they do. And the talk in the game about the ball going too far, equipment being too good, you know, that's really the case for the elite of the elite. Mm-hmm. You know, the rest of us are aided by that stuff, but it doesn't close the gap much. No. Uh, somebody who can hit it out there 250 is still doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. That is like the shortest of the short in pro golf. In mm-hmm. fact, it gets you nowhere. 300 yards is considered, you know, kind of okay. I, I, you know, I'm not sure where we, how we got there. You know, I mean, part of it is due to their, it's clearly it's due to athletic people matching up their skills with equipment, but, when 50 plus people golfers are hitting it as far as they were when they were 30, that to me suggests it's not just your physical well-being because just it's just in, inevitable you're going to lose skill yeah. as you get older. Yeah. And yet guys are hitting it as far as they ever have. And this is why we have this equipment debate. You know, some of that has taken some of the ingenuity and shot making out of the game that uh, that others long for. And I, frankly, I don't know what the answer is. I don't think it's just easy to say, well, we're going to roll back equipment. If you said, oh, let's take the ball back 10%. Well, do we really want somebody who hits a 300 to only be able to hit a 270? That's what you're saying. Yeah. You know, I don't think we want that either. So it's um it's really a hard issue. Yeah, and if they build golf courses for the pros, then it becomes almost impossible for an amateur to, to even have fun. I know the... Um, the Pete Dye course up here at French Lick. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to to play that tough course. Right. In fact, they had the the senior PGA, and we were there for the first round. And Rocco Mediate walked off the 18th green. He was four over, and 
And they asked him how he felt about the course. And he said, normally I love Pete Dye courses, but Pete was a little angry the day he designed this one. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. But yeah. again, going back to what you said, I mean, there's, there'd been that argument about can anything you can do while drinking beer actually be called a sport? <laughs> you know, and, right, exactly. And that's it. But for us, and again, when we watch them on TV, we are watching the best of the best of the best. Sure. Because first off, that's 1%, the top 1% of golfers that, that get into that tournament to begin with. And it's less than that that make the cut. And then fewer than that that get shown on TV because it's only the guys who are doing really well that you show on TV. So Absolutely. I think we have a, a, misguided idea of actually how easy the game should be or what what being good at the game should be i think the where where some of that has us lost is even at the high amateur level of golf there's only there's only a small segment of people beyond pros who could play a golf course like tory pine set up as it was yeah from the I tips mean, like se- that too it's yeah. 7600 yards yeah you know, for you or I or most people who are average golfers, for us to have the same shots in the greens, it would probably have to be 6,000 yards or 6,200 yeah. yards. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge difference. Even if you took 1,000 yards off that course and played it at 6,600, guys wouldn't break 100. No. You know, eight handicap, six handicap players probably don't break 100 set up that way. It does show you just how good they are, how, 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 uh, strong they are mm-hmm. uh but um it, it, on the other side of it it's it's like the the mere mortals need to learn to play golf courses <laughs> that are far more benign than that to ha- to to get the enjoyment yeah or, i think or, that's part of the reason that when we watch if we're watching somebody who is in the middle of the pack and i don't know if you guys do this but i know i sure as hell do it and somebody's got a 4 foot putt and he misses I always look at the TV and say, I'd have made that. <laughs> yep. I'm not sure that I would have, but you know, that, that, that's a chance to at least, you know, even the bar a little bit, you know, a four foot putt I might be able to make. I would you have hit it to four feet from 200 yards, you know? No, that's where my best, that's where right. my best ball history comes in. Yeah. Right. You guys put it up there. I'll sink the four foot yeah. putt. I would have made the four. Yeah. Live with that fantasy, Neil. Just live with that fantasy. <laughs> I have You'll to. Be I have yes, to. You it kind of scares me that Bob just said a minute ago that after 50, our skills deteriorate. It's like, how far worse can it get from where <laughs> right. I am now? Right. Well, it depends on where you started, man. You know, it depends. We've got more conversation with Bob Harrigan. We're going to jump into it. You just need to hang out for a couple minutes and come right back, okay? This is The Approach Show. Every once in a while, a new app comes along that you play with for a little bit. And you go, man, this is so cool. There are so many fantastic things we can do with this. And we have found one of those apps. It's called Stereo. It allows podcast creators to build a more intimate relationship with the fan base by engaging them in direct conversation because listeners can record a question and send it right to you. You can ask for questions. You can entertain. You can have a dialogue. The Approach Shot is really excited to offer our listeners a new way to interact with us. Join us Monday at 2 Eastern Time for a live show on the Stereo app. Just download the free Stereo app and select Approach Shot. Then you can connect with us whenever we're live. 
Stay tuned for more details on how to engage with us on Stereo at the end of today's episode. There's a wide range of conversation topics going on on Stereo right now. There's comedy, there's pop culture, there's lifestyle, there's sports, etc. And Monday at 2, there'll be us. Go there now, www.stereo.com slash approach shot. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Men, want to feel younger, stronger, leaner? You don't have to slow down after 40. Frank Thomas found the secret to staying in shape with the energy and drive of his 20s. Man, you look like you could still hit it a mile. I feel great, too. What gives? After 40, men slow down. It's harder to stay in shape. Why? Our free testosterone levels drop. It happened to me. And then I found Nugenics Total T. New Nugenics Total T is our most powerful man-boosting formula ever because it boosts your free testosterone and your total testosterone. Nugenics Total T helps provide even more energy, performance, testosterone, and muscle-boosting ingredients for even better results. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text GRIT to 321321. Samples are not available in stores. Well, wait. What are you going to do something about it now? I got to try Nugenics Total Tea. Text GRIT to 321321 for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. That's G-R-I-T to 321321. I told you it would be painless and quick. And it has been. Thanks for hanging. We are back. I'm John Ashton. I'm Neil Michaels, and he's not talking about the show being painless and quick, just the commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Bob Harrig is our guest, uh, ESPN.com golf analyst. You can catch him on SportsCenter. Whenever the conversation turns to golf, they turn to their expert, and Bob would be it. Since you are the expert and there's some controversy brewing in a lot of conversations in the golf world, let's jump into it. Let's not avoid it. How badly did Patrick Reed screw up? Well, I think he only screwed up in terms of the fact that he has a reputation that that sort of dogs him. Mm-hmm. What what occurred, you know, the idea that your ball's embedded and you're going to check to see if it's embedded by marking it and picking up, that is going to happen fairly often on a golf course that's wet or where they're playing preferred lies in the fairway. Mm-hmm. That is a common occurrence. It's yeah. going to happen a couple of times every round. We just don't notice it. We don't see it. But because it's read because he has a history with some rules issues and because he picked up the ball before the the rules official came over which even though that's allowed it just was a bad look yeah. you know and so here we are with this controversy that's dogged him i'm not sure he did the wrong thing given what he knew yeah you know it it in it's easy for us to sit back here after the fact and see the replay and see that that ball actually bounced. So if the ball bounced, the chances of it in being embedded are pretty slim. Yet he was asking and trying to say or suggesting he had an embedded ball. The rules official agreed with him, but he had already picked the ball out of that spot. Could the rules official really, really know for sure? I bet if he had it to go over again, he wishes he'd have left it there. Yeah. You know, and then let the rules official decide. Yeah. But he so, did he did ask supposedly someone a witness, did the ball bounce? And she said, no, I didn't see it. They, and, and, you know, so, okay, so now here's where I go into defending him. If it's in your head that the ball didn't bounce and you know how wet it is and you can't see the ball and you've just hit this shot from a fairway bunker and it's got a lot of zip on it. Yeah. If the ball didn't bounce, you're going to assume that it just buried in there. It yeah. plugged. And so in his defense, that's why he's thinking that. The ones who want to call him out, and I get it, are saying, okay, he didn't know that it that it bounced. But surely when he saw his ball, it couldn't have been plugged. 
And look, I'm not so willing to make that leap. I mean, there's a chance that the the ground was so soft that it could have, even on a hop, Mm -hmm. flown in and and lodged in the dirt. And and now what's going to happen? Every player in that position, if they think there's a chance that that's embedded, they're going to ask for relief because it's not that easy to hit a ball out of that situation. The rough is brutal as it is. Right. Now the ball's submerged a little bit, you know. Yeah. So um, it's just that, you know, he had the rules issue in the Bahamas. He's had a history, you know, back in to his college days. He was accused of cheating when he was at the University of Georgia. There were some incidents where even uh, Peter Costas, the former broadcaster, for CBS called him out for trying to, you know, tamping down the, the, the grass behind his ball, improving his lie. And look, you know, in golf, you get that kind of reputation. You have a hard time shaking it. Yeah. And if you're him, he'd have been far better off. Don't touch the ball. Yeah. Yeah. What's the most basic tenet of the game? You play it as it lies. Right. So yeah. play it as it lies. You don't touch it. And if you think there's an issue, bring in the rules official. Now, again, I could argue the other side. If every single time a guy had what he thought was an embedded ball or even what looked to be an embedded ball and he had to ask for a ruling, they would never finish. You know, it's and and it's if you or I are playing, we're not going to get a rules official. I need to, you know, but I need to at least let you look at it and and say, hey, look, you know, that ball submerged. Um, I should get a drop. You're going to look okay, fine. and, and, and And you go on. Reed told the guys, but they never came over and looked at it, you know, and maybe that's on them. Maybe they should have. That's called protecting the field. That's part of part of the process that they did not that they did not take care of. Yeah. Isn't this all reputation at this point? Because he won the tournament by five shots. So let's assume for a second that he gets a one shot penalty for it. He still wins by four. Is this just people piling on because it's a reputation or is it legit? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is is that. Uh, part of it is reputation. You know, it looked a little sketchy. You know, a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't all understand the rules. Like, why are you picking up the ball? Well, that's pretty common when you're trying to identify if it's embedded. Yeah. You know, the other thing I'll say about that is, is look, the, the ultimate score doesn't matter. But in that situation, even if the rules official determined he wasn't allowed relief, he wouldn't have been penalized. He would have just been told to put the ball back. Right. So he's allowed to do that. You know, if you just pick up the ball in the regular course of play, it's a penalty. But when there's an embedded ball situation, you're allowed to look at it to see. And, the, you know, that happened to Rory McIlroy. He picked his up. There was mud on it. He told Roy Sabatini he was playing with. Roy said, yep, go ahead. He took a drop. In this case, Reed didn't do that. But the rules official came over, checked the lie, said, yep, you can take a drop. What's interesting is, it's not like he hit it stiff. He hit it to about 25 feet and then he made the putt for par. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he almost would have been better off not because I'm not sure that he was going to make worse than a five anyway. If he yeah. plays it from the, from the original lie and maybe he gets it on the green or short, he's still got a chance to make a five. Right. And, and as it turned out, he played the last eight holes and three over. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, to say that, that that helped him win. You know, I think that's a bit of a stretch, but again, the, the, that's sort of irrelevant. You know, it gets me. You know, if I were watching, let's say, a baseball game, and in the third inning there was a play at the plate that the umpire called the guy safe, but I watched a replay and I saw that the guy was really out, I don't get to call the ballpark and say, "Hey, that umpire made a mistake. 
that out should have been counted, and they go back and they change the score of the game. I hate that in golf, where some well, guy you know, watching TV can call up and say, hey, uh, so-and-so uh, move their ball. And after the fact, they assess penalties. That that sucks as far as I'm concerned. They 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 actually don't do that anymore. They've, they've changed that. They're not going to take a call from somebody. They might take the uh, – if somebody on site sees something – uh, they will. Yeah. Uh, and, and basically video, it needs to be video that, that would have shown it almost in real time. I mean, they had to go back and look a couple times. So I'm not even sure if they could have referred to the video to help them in this case. Right. Which, you know, when we all watched it, it showed the ball bounce. So, you know, he's sort of, um, he's vilified because for something he didn't know. Right. Uh, yeah. but, we're, but where, where his reputation comes into play, is everybody is saying, well, okay, look, if you don't think the ball could embed if it bounced, we know after the fact it bounced, how was the ball embedded? It, it almost certainly could not have been, but yet he was claiming that it was. Mm-hmm. And my answer to that is, is we really don't know. We don't know what's in his head. We couldn't see the lie. There must have been something that suggested to him that the ball was, was not in a great spot down there. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, it was it was going to be a bad lie in the rough anyway. All of that leads to the issue we're dealing with right now. If if, if it's somebody else, we might not even be talking about it. Yeah. Well, Rory, for example. Right. Yeah. So if you had the opportunity to pull him aside one on one, your friends, you're having a, a, a beer at, at the 19th hole. What advice would you give him? I would probably say to him that when it comes to anything like that on the course, Go bend over backwards to make sure. Yeah. Go the other way, yeah. you know, uh, and don't be smug when questioned. Yeah, you know, I mean, don't get defensive. His his reaction in the Bahamas did not help him when he when he, you know, they gave him a two shot penalty. You know, his answer, you know, he 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 took the practice swings in a waste area, which is allowed. But it looked like he was clearing ball, the sand behind the ball as he was taking a practice swing, swinging away from the ball. Mm. You know, he said afterward, if you'd have seen a different camera angle, it would have looked different. It wouldn't have looked like I was doing that. Why not just come out and say, look, I, I see on camera that looks bad. Yeah, I get it. I understand why I was penalized. He yeah. could then say, look, that's not what I was doing. You know, I was, you know, my head was up. I was looking at the target. I was taking the ball back, trying to get a feel for where I was for, you know, but I, I did not intend to move the sand back. And his, he has, and, you know, he would have had another sort of another excuse in that he did not hit a great shot out of there. Right. You know, like he still made a double bogey on that hole, but it's the look, yeah. you know, yeah. when, when you see somebody clearing sand behind a ball, uh, that's, it looks like you're proving, improving your line of play. And, and that's what he got penalized for. Yeah. Perception is reality. Right. Most of the time. Anyhow. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Bob Harrig is our guest ESPN.com golf analyst and, uh, Seaman sports center, seem all over the place. When the, when the guy needs, when anybody needs an expert on golf, they go to Bob. And, uh, we uh, have been asking him some questions. We have been, been enjoying his expertise up till now. Hopefully he will enjoy it when we come back and hit him with a six-pack of questions. <laughs> we'll see about that. Hey. Here, we're going to deliver you a six-pack. In just a minute. Hang out. Hi, this is Neil Michaels. 
Did you know that two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35? And lucky me, I'm one of them. Thanks, Grandpa, for the crummy hair jeans. Thank goodness now there's Keeps, the simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Before Keeps, I keeps my hair all right in my brush, in the sink, and I definitely keeps my hair on the floor. Well, with Keeps, you get convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered in discreet packaging right to your door every three months without ever leaving home. Best of all, Keeps treatments start at just $10 a month. Isn't keeping your hair worth 10 bucks a month? Listen, right now, for listeners of The Approach Shot, your first month's treatment is absolutely free. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so the sooner you start using Keeps, the sooner you will see results. Seriously, if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash approach to receive your first month of treatment for free. You have to use this special web address to receive this offer. That's keeps.com slash approach to get your first month free. keeps.com slash approach. Could COVID really cost you your home? Well, cybercrime is up 75%, but the type you really need to worry about is home title theft, which is why you need home title lock. Cyber criminals are after our homes, and it's easier than you'd think. The title documents to our homes are online now. The thief finds your home's title and forges your signature on a quick claim deed stating you sold your home, and he's the new owner. Then he takes out loans on your home and leaves you in debt. You won't know until late payments or eviction notices arrive. Insurance doesn't cover you, and neither do common identity theft programs. For pennies a day, Home Title Lock protects your most valuable asset. The instant Home Title Lock detects someone tampering with your home's title, they help shut it down. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and receive 30 free days of protection with promo code RADIO. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. And we are back the Approach Shot. I am John Ashton. He is Neil Michaels. He has been diligently putting together six questions. Just going to put Bob Harrig right on the spot. And That's he's right. going to hate you forever. But do it anyhow, Neil. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. It won't be the last. <laughs> Bob, question one. What's the, who is the favorite person that you played a round of golf with? Oh, wow. Good one. Favorite person I've played a round of golf with. You know what? Um, I actually played three holes with Tiger once. That's not a round of golf. <laughs> um, you know what? I played an entire round with Kenny Perry in a pro-am one time, and that was exceptional. Oh, yeah. He, couldn't have, he could not have been nicer to somebody who – and look, he's done it a million times, right? To somebody who's you know just an okay player, scraping around, nervous. It was a, it was a great time. I, I played with him in a pro-am at – What's now the Valspar Championship at Innisbrook, and uh, that was that was a really fun time. Along those same lines, who is the favorite person that you have covered over time? Oh wow, I don't know if I could name just one. I mean, certainly covering Tiger for the length of his career has just been a, an incredible, you know, just an incredible journey. You know, to sort of be there for all of it. I've, I've been fortunate enough to be at all fifteen of his major wins. You know, I've probably been to about 45 of his 82 wins. You know, just all the ups and downs, the attention, that has been great. I mean, there's a lot of others, though. Guys who are more modern or, you know, have been around, like a guy like Padraig Harrington, 
Graham McDowell. Those guys are terrific guys to deal with from a media perspective. It's always been great. You know, I, I never really got to cover him as a player, but uh, Jack Nicholas, to you know, to this day is still terrific. Arnold Palmer was great. Uh, so, you know, I've been very lucky in that regard. There's a lot of great guys in golf. You know, even the crop today, the younger guys, they're very, you know, Rory's terrific. Dustin Johnson doesn't get a lot of credit, but he, he tries. He means well. Uh, Justin Thomas is, has been good to deal with. I think they, they sort of get what's going on. And for, for guys that are pulled in a lot of different directions, uh, you know, that's appreciated. Mm. All right. Understood. Question three. What's the most embarrassing thing that never made the cameras on a tournament that you covered? Oh, never made the cameras. That was embarrassing. Wow. Somebody maybe got sick. Somebody maybe threw a club. <laughs> Somebody dove into a lake that shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like I'm, and I'm trying to think in Tiger's case, almost everything was on camera. Yeah. When there was a club thrown or <laughs> there was, there was a, a bad word said, uh, you know, God, I, I, I absolutely can't think of one, uh, put me on the spot. I just don't have one. That's, uh, that's embarrassing that, that, that wasn't on TV. I cannot remember anything. Okay. We'll go to another question. And if you think of one, come back. To okay. It. Most golfers remember one hole or one round that they played that far exceeded their abilities. What's one that you recall for in my own case? Yeah. Well, in your case or in one that you covered? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, in my own case, Listen, there's there's not a whole lot of these instances, so I remember this one, this one really well. Um, I was playing in Scotland while I was I was there for the um, Scottish Open the week before the British Open. I was playing on an old links, a lot of fun, early morning, and my own sort of like not being aware really really helped me. It was the third hole. It was chilly. I, it was a par four that had this church up on the right side of the fairway. You couldn't see the green. I was with another guy. I didn't really look to see how long it was. I didn't think much of it. So I got up and I hit a driver. Had I known any better, I would have probably not hit a driver. I would have hit something to lay up. So we're walking up. Of course, no golf carts. I'm pulling my bag myself. Walk up, walk up, walk up, look up onto the green. My ball is six feet away. <laughs> and so, and, wow. and, and I made it for Eagle, which I can assure you guys does not happen very often <laughs> that I'm driving par fours and making an Eagle, but the, you know, the, the ball rolls over there like crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it was probably like a 280 yard par four. And if I'd have looked at the scorecard and seen that, I'd have said, Oh, well, there must not be much reason to try to go for it. I might as well just hit something 200 yards mm-hmm. and, you know, just hit a driver and sure enough, it just lucky, lucky upon luck. It just rolled right up there. Rather be, so that rather be lucky than good any day, man. Absolutely. I'll take it. And then I rolled in the putt too, as uh, you know, for the, for the bonus. So, you know, look, I could stuff that's unbelievable that I've witnessed. There's a lot of those. I think I, I, you know, I would rank when Phil hit the shot at the masters in 2010, you know, between the trees onto the green at 13, Mm -hmm. you know, he didn't make the putt. But that was such an incredible shot. And, and, you know, he had, he had Tiger right behind him. Um, he hadn't won a major in a few years. That was pretty clutch, pretty amazing shot. 
probably one of the all-time favorite memories is Tiger making that putt at Torrey Pines in 2008 yeah. to force the playoff. Yeah. He had to hit a, an incredible wedge shot in there just to give himself a chance. And then it's do or die. Those greens were terrible at that time of day. I didn't think he was going to make it. I remember saying to myself, he's going to finally miss one. Rocco's <laughs> going to win. And sure enough, it went in. Yeah. It was an amazing moment. <laughs> Question five. Have you ever covered a round of golf that was interrupted by a creature like a bird or a gator? I cannot say that. No, not interrupted. No. Seen plenty of them. I mean, uh, you know, it seems like every year at the Players' Championship, we see those gators lurking in those ponds and you see a player going up there to taunt it or whatever. And I'm like, man, I don't think you guys know what you're doing. (laughs) <laughs> I live down, I live in Florida and, you know, we're at the time of year now we're in the spring, they're going to start to, mm-hmm. th- this is when they start to emerge from their kind of their winter doldrums. The, the worst thing you can do is go stick your hand in a pond looking for your golf ball because yeah. you, know, <laughs> you do not know what is lurking. That will give you a disadvantage and a handicap. That's that, right. Well, maybe, maybe I shouldn't use the word handicap there, but... <laughs> All right. And, and question six, in, in your approach to life, because we are the approach shot, what one rule do you live by? The rule I live by is uh, do my best to be a pro. There you, you know, above, above all else, you know, you, you and look in this world today, uh, I don't always probably don't always adhere to that like I like. You know, there's a lot of tensions. There's there's a lot of stuff that happens in social media these things, there's a lot of people sniping and complaining mm. behind their keyboards, you know, but in terms of doing my job, I think I just try to be a pro. When I deal with players, when I deal with media officials or, you know, media people, uh, executives, you know, might not always agree, but I want them to know I'm a pro and that I'm, I'm trying to handle this the best way I can. And he is definitely a pro. Let us tell you that. Bob Herrig. ESPN.com golf analyst. Thank you for spending time with us right here on the Approach Shot. Hey, I enjoyed it, guys. Thanks for having me. There's a group of guys I play golf with regularly. I got to tell you, the first thing we do in the first tee, we fire up a good cigar because there is nothing that goes better with golf than a good hand rolled cigar. And that's just the first one. And we all use Cigars International. We found them. Have you seen them yet? Have you used them? They've got all the right choices for a round of 18 and all the right gizmos and gadgets that make it as easy as possible. They've got windproof torches. They have crush-proof travel cases. And they get those clips that attach to the golf cart. And they have great cigar deals from their daily deals to weekly specials to the Cigar of the Month Club. And if you don't know what you want, get one of their sampler packs. And right now, Cigars International is offering our listeners 10% off plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off your order, plus free shipping. To take advantage of these incredible savings, just go to CigarsInternational.com and use the promo code GOLFGUYS when you're ready to check out. That website is Cigars with an S International.com and use promo code GOLFGUYS. 10% off, plus free shipping, CigarsInternational.com. And now, it's time for... Golf is a funny game. (laughs) Back to your hosts, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. Man, I don't know about that guy. Yeah. But but if if mine were as big as his, (laughs) I'd probably be doing the same thing for a living. You know what I'm saying? 
No, I don't, sadly. <laughs> you are talking about the voice, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, my okay, vocal cords. Right. If my vocal cords were as long as his and my voice uh-huh. got that deep, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> I had no idea where you were going with it. I was already nervous. I wasn't sure either, and that's why I thought steering's a good idea here. <laughs> I'm John Ashton. He's Neil Michaels. The other voice you heard, Martin Montana, our guest on Golf is a Funny Game this week. Martin, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. This is exciting. I got to say off the top, I'm not a, I'm not a huge golfer, uh, only because uh, I'm competitive. I like to think I'm athletic, and I don't like uh, losing in sports <laughs> to guys that are 65 and overweight. So go ahead. I resemble that remark. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you are hereby invited, Martin. <laughs> exactly. As a comedian, are you getting out? Are you doing some traveling? Are you doing some live shows? What are you up to these days? I, You know, I have to actually say, so I have not been doing too much traveling as of yet. I mean, this year is going to be a different story. But I was thinking about it the other day. Like, I, I, I miss travel. I never thought I would say this, but I, I genuinely am starting to miss like even all of the worst parts of it. Like I, I missed the free breakfast at the Holiday Inn. You know what I mean? Like that, like that, like that melee. Can we call it that? You know, when they, when they casually mention there's free breakfast at 6 a.m., meaning get in line at 555 because all of the zoo animals are going to be there with you. And, you know, I actually miss it. I miss it. I miss lining up for that because- you know, like by the time you get there, there's like two boxes of cereal and, a, you know, the dirty <laughs> waffle maker. And I miss it. I never thought I'd say it. And some of my travel like is really nice. And then some of it is not really nice. Uh, I, I stayed in a, in a motel that had a VCR in the room. <laughs> so very helpful. <laughs> by the way, and by the way, no tapes, no tapes. <laughs> it just had a VCR. And I was literally like, it would have to be the perfect storm, right? Like who, what guy is walking around with a duffel bag of VHS tapes? <laughs> and then he finally checks into this motel and is like so relieved that he can sit down and watch E.T. for the first time in years. So, you know, I mean, yeah, the whole COVID thing. I mean, it's it's been wild for all of us, you know, just trying to stay safe. I, my wife and I, we just had our, our first uh, daughter last Yay, summer. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. Very exciting. But when, when all of it really, when the lockdown stuff all started happening in the beginning of the year, uh, I was basically home quarantined with my pregnant wife. So you guys Ooh. want to talk about Survivor Island. Um, <laughs> this, <laughs> this was like, like, what can I do to, you know, keep her comfortable, happy and not get yelled at? Um, <laughs> that was basically my MO for, for several months. And, uh, and I was literally like so paranoid. I was like, my, I guess my job also is just like, don't get COVID. I would leave the house to walk the dog and that was it. And even then I was the guy, you know, with like three masks on, you know, <laughs> screaming at people like six feet, sir, six feet. <laughs> so now that things are like, you know, like sort of stabilizing, right? Fingers crossed. I'm home so much. Like I have to get out of the house. I used to always wonder like, who wants to go to Target? Like who enjoys <laughs> moping around a target? Now I'm like, dude, it's me. A hundred percent. It's me. Like I get a coffee at the Starbucks in the target, you know, there's a table with like two chairs and you're like, who would ever sit in the chair? I'm like me right here. I will. I'll sit there for an hour and a half and sip that coffee. The last time I went to target I, guys, I tried on clothes at a target. Like I'm like, what? <laughs> Just to see like, you know, what would it look like? I didn't buy anything. You know, I'm like, 
that's where I spend my time now because what, what else can you do? You got a baby, you guys know how it is. It's, but overall I have to say it's, it's, it's been good. You know, we're getting, we're, I, I think we're seeing the beginning of the daylight here breaking. So, uh, so I can't complain. I am looking forward to getting back on the road and, uh, and doing a bunch of stuff. And, you know, I, I had, I was doing some, uh, I was, I was really busy. Like before everything shut down, I, I taped a commercial here in LA. Right. And this is what, this is what I realized too. Like with all this time we now spend on the internet, I think I realized like, I don't really like the internet at all. There's so much anger on the internet, right? There's so much like negativity floats around there. I did this commercial. This commercial was uh, uh, literally for uh, sleep disorders. Like it was like sleep studies and sleep disorders, right? So they had me going around LA and like interviewing people. And it was all this like educational, informational stuff. I, I was like, I was like, wow, that's, that's really helpful. That's really good stuff, right? And then they put the commercials out. And then they put uh, a series of the cuts on, on the internet, like they would run on Facebook and it's, you know, Instagram a lot. And I shouldn't have done it. But one day I saw one came across on Facebook and I was like, oh, wow, there it is. Right. I said, let me check out the comments. And I know I shouldn't have done this. And I, the first, co- the first comment is a guy writes, dude, this guy's got a huge forehead. <laughs> <laughs> The first comment, the first comment, I'm like, okay, number one, let, let's define huge. Okay. Above average. I think, I think above average is a fair statement. And, and, and by the way, who are you tiny forehead guy that you get to go around? Yeah. I mean, you just can't put anything online. You know, I'm tired of like, I can't look at it anymore online. You get, everyone's attacking everybody. It's, it's tough, man. It's, it's tough. You like doing zoom shows? I'm getting used to it. I don't mind. I, you know, it is kind of weird. I did one a couple of weeks ago for a college. Unlike you guys, they were all muted and they were all, uh, the pictures were like blacked out, like hidden. So <laughs> I, I, I'm not making that. So I'm, I'm doing an hour of comedy for, you know, uh, the muted mic signal and, and a screen name <laughs> and, and, and a bunch of boxes. And I'm like, okay. And then at the end, they're like, oh, that was great. Thank you so much. I'm like, you know, you could have responded maybe a little bit. <laughs> Uh, the, ch- the check cleared. So I'm okay. <laughs> so you and your wife uh, have been together how long? Five years now. From what I have heard, you guys have managed in your five years to have the same kind of stupid arguments that those of us who have been married a lot longer have. I tell people, you know, I fi- I just, what I did is I figured out what a married fight is. Like what you end up fighting about isn't really the, it's not the fight, right? So it's not, the fight becomes not about anything. The fight just becomes... You, you know, you're two people, you're constantly sharing your decisions, right? You're compromising a lot, you know, you don't want to. And, and by the way, I say like, as a guy, like you can't win every argument. You have to be like the Washington football team. You know, you've got to be three and 13 in your last <laughs> 16 fights. Like you can't be the Kansas city chiefs of fights. You know what I mean? Like you have to have a losing record if you want to keep a peaceful home. So so that's number one. But then two is then what happens is, you know, we all kind of have a tipping point. So I'll find myself like, I just one day, you know, I wake up and I just want to be right. I'm tired of, <laughs> of, of, of giving in on my side. I'm like, no, no, I want to be right. And so my wife and I, we got in this, this huge fight over, over ice cream. I'm going to tell you guys what happened. So you can understand why I was right in, in the situation. <laughs> okay. It still means a lot to me. So when I open a brand new carton of ice cream, I scoop it nice and even across the top, edge to yeah. edge, like a gentleman would, by the <laughs> right. way. <laughs> exactly. Nice, thin, long strips. Mm-hmm. There you go. You could put a level on my ice cream. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> right down the middle. 
you learn things about me. If you look at the way I eat ice cream, you're like, this guy's organized, right? Mm. He could probably parallel park. Maybe he does his own taxes. These are good things. (laughs) My wife, okay, she opens a brand new carton of ice cream and just starts digging, Mm -hmm. digging, digging right through the center, hits bottom first (laughs) night. So, you know, I, I watched and she knows it bothers me. So she's smiling, looking at me like, oh, what's going on? And I'm losing my mind. And then, of course, I explode, you know, and I'm like, what are you doing? And she laughs and is like, are you freaking out about ice cream right now? She said to me, she says, you're a psycho. And I said, I'm a psycho. <laughs> Who takes all the chips out of mint chocolate chip? That's you. We all know that's a different flavor now. It's just mint. That's not even. So we have separate ice creams now, I guess is what I'm trying to say. That ice cream thing, Martin, that's OCD, man. That's sick. I'm sorry. I know. I, I didn't come on here to tell you that I didn't have any. Well, Martin Montana, thank you so much for spending time with us today on Golf is a Funny Game. I love the fact that you put the funny in Golf is a Funny Game. Because otherwise, it's just golf as a game, which we already knew. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, if anyone wants to find me, martinmontana.com or uh, Montana Comedy on Instagram. Is there more, you ask? Yeah, we've got more. And we'll be right back with it. Hang on. Just in case you had run to get a piece of paper and a pen when we were saying uh, earlier about the stereo app and the special live show we're going to be doing on Monday at 2, let me reiterate some of the pertinent details for you, okay? It's the stereo app, stereo.com slash approach shot. You can download it for free from both your Apple or your Android device. You can find a wide range of conversations on there like uh, comedy and pop culture, lifestyle, sports, etc. But if you want to uh, hear some of the stories that uh, Neil and I have, and I tell you, we'll curl your hair with those, uh, maybe ask some questions about some of our uh, guests, uh, make some comments about the show in general. We appreciate all of it. Just go to our URL, www.stereo.com slash approach shot. Download the app. It's free. And we will talk to you. And more importantly, you can talk to us Monday at 2 Eastern. Stereo.com slash approach shot. Once again, we have managed to pull it off. We promised funny. We promised golf. We promised depth. And we gave you all that. We did. Thank goodness we had guests to do that. <laughs> I guess that that means we're doing something right. Speaking of doing something right, yeah. if you want to hear more of this, join us on, on Stereo for our live show, which is going to be Monday at 2 o'clock Eastern, 11 o'clock West Coast. Download the app. It's at the App Store. You just download Stereo. And then you look for either Golf Guy John or approach shot. It may be about golf. It may be just two old disc jockeys talking about old disc jockey stories, which which will curl your hair. And we never know. You'll never know. So come along and discover her with us. Just download <laughs> also, the app. It's free. Also, where else can they find us, John? Uh, basically, wherever podcasts are sold or yes. given away or downloaded <laughs> or, or whatever it is, uh, everywhere. Go to approachshot.net, which is a really cool website, and you just – Click on the subscribe button. This cute little pop-up thing pops up with all of the podcast sites listed. And you just click the one that you listen to most often and you're automatically subscribed. Technology is a beautiful thing. 
It is a beautiful thing. Otherwise, we would just be sitting around talking to the wall. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we will talk to you and or the wall next week. Very uh, possibly. Both. Yeah. Remember, you listen to us wherever you get your podcasts uh, or approachshot.net. Download the stereo app and come back here. And just remember one thing. When you go out to play golf and you get frustrated at this game, the same people invented golf and called it a game that invented bagpipes and called it music. And remember, too, life is a gift. Open it. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's.